Well Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. As we look at God's love for us, we see that it is comprised of many facets and that each facet can be peeled back to reveal the breadth and depth of his love for us. Join us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim peels back the layers of God's compassion, revealing his unconditional and amazing love for us. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. And what a joy it is to talk about the unmatched, unending compassion that God has on each of us. And we're going to look today in Isaiah chapter 54, and we are going to look at um, verse 10 is going to be where we put our focus. But he says, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. And if we look in the New Testament to Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, we hear, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. His compassion towards us stands the test of time. And this says, even though the mountains be removed and the hills be shaken, his love and kindness shall not depart from us. Neither shall his covenant of peace be removed. The Lord declares his steadfastness and commitment to us, and he will forever have compassion on each of us. This has been something we've been talking about for the last few weeks. It's about this compassion that God has on us, and it's very difficult for us to understand the depth and breadth of his love for us. But when we think about how he bestows it upon us, how he demonstrates it to each of us, it's a little easier for us to understand. And what we see here in this verse is that he says that even though the mountains are gone, my compassion's still going to stay. And when you look at a mountain, what you know, like a Mount McKinley or a Mount Everest, what you know is that that is a mighty structure and a couple of bulldozers aren't going to take it down. And time after time is not going to erode it away. And what we see is that it is strong and it's enduring. And God's compassion for us is also enduring. It's also complete. You don't need anything added to it, and we can't take anything away from it. God loves us exactly the way we are. And just like something can't come in 
and take God's love from us. Or we can't do something that would cause God not to love us. His compassion towards us isn't going to be removed either. His compassion, his willingness to forgive, his abundant grace that he always is bestowing won't be removed. But there's coming a day when time shall end. As all the old gospel songwriters say, time shall be no more. And at that time, we're going to give account of ourselves to God. And there's going to be some of us, perhaps within the sound of my voice, who he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. And that is so horrific to even think. Because there's a few things I want to tell you today that though he is a compassionate God, he has made a way of escape for you, and there is a time that judgment is coming. And you say to me, well, how can he be a loving, compassionate God that you say, His love never ends and his compassion can't be removed. How can that be true if he's going to send me to hell? Listen up and listen well. God is not sending you to hell. Jesus is not refusing you admittance into heaven. You, my friends are making that decision because God has made it a way of escape through Jesus Christ, his son, that every single one of us has a way to escape hell and reach heaven. And his name is Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Romans 6.23, he clarifies what that means. And he says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're told in Mark that what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Some of us have put our faith in ourselves. Some of us have neglected the free gift of salvation and have refused to receive God's love in the form of his son who shed his blood on the cross of Calvary that you and I might receive salvation when we put our faith in him. Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you, my friend, are a whosoever. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, he says, for the, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God has made a way for you to be forgiven of your sins. See, heaven's a pure and holy place. And no one in heaven 
can be otherwise. And to get to heaven, we need a new body. And our sins must be washed away. And it's Jesus' blood on the cross of Calvary that does that. In Romans 5, 8, we're told, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So when we talk about unending, unmatched compassion, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about you knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus loves you. He proved it with his life. He proved it on the cross of Calvary. He paid a sin debt he didn't owe for a person that won't receive him, who come into this world sin and vile, who even though we have the blood of Jesus on us, in many times, in many ways, we still ignore, reject, and overlook his grace and his mercy, and we go our own way. And when we do, we find ourselves in a heap of hurt. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And unless we're following after him, we're not going to live the abundant life he has asked us to live and that he has for us. You see, nothing's going to separate you from his love, but you can make the choice to separate yourself from him. See, on the day of judgment, on that day, and and that may come for you sooner than you think, because none of us know the day, the hour, the moment that he's going to call us home. And it's a dangerous game you're playing to say, oh, I'll get saved later. I want to live like the devil now. Well, somebody has lied to you, and I know the devil has, because if you think living a life for the devil is more fun than being a child of the Most High God, your eyes have been blinded and you've been duped. There's a peace that passes understanding and a joy unspeakable for the child of God. There is a love beyond Measure when you have this loving relationship and you are walking and talking with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's an abundant supply of blessings. And he is blessing you right now for you to have this moment in time where you can look at yourself and see, am I really, truly a child of God? Have I put my faith in Jesus? Do I believe he is the son of God? Do I understand that it was his sinless, perfect blood on the cross of Calvary that bought my right to salvation? Am I trusting him for all my needs? Am I following after his command? See, knowledge of God is not enough. James told us that the devil knew of him and even trembled. But he wouldn't put his faith in him. See, unfortunately, knowledge puts us about 18 inches away from salvation. Because that's about how far it is between your brain and your heart. And until you place your faith, until you know in your heart that you were going to trust him. It's just the knowledge. And to give you an illustration of that, I'd like for you to think about this for a moment. If you and I were sitting in a room and we were having a discussion and we were behind a closed door, and suddenly in the middle of that room a fire broke out, And you and I stood there for the next 15, 20 minutes discussing how amazingly good the door would work if we would turn the knob and open the door that we could get ourselves to safety. You and I could talk about that until we died in that fire. 
but it wouldn't save us. It wouldn't deliver us to safety. Even though we had perfect knowledge of how the door worked, what the door would do for us, what we needed to do to make the door do what we needed it to do for us. None of those things would save us and deliver us to safety. But the very moment that me or you got up from where we were, moved to the door, placed our hand on the doorknob and turned it, opened it and walked through it, we would be delivered to safety. See, there's a difference between knowledge and trusting. There's a difference between knowing something will happen and trying it and doing it. And it's my fear that though he is compassionate and loving and such a gentleman and drawing you and showing you who he is in so many different ways, including today, that you, my friends, have been duped by the devil, and this knowledge has not translated into you placing your faith in him and allowing him to absolutely, positively transform you into the Christian man, woman, boy, or girl he wants you to be. You're still relying on your own self. You're not following after him. You're not allowing him to transform your mind and your heart and your soul. You're not doing Romans 12, 1 and 2, where he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You've not submitted yourself under the mighty hand of God. You're not living in his presence. You're not obeying his commandments. You're not living your life in accordance with what he's asked you to do. And these rules and regulations, my friends, are not just a bunch of do and don't that allows him to feel good about who he is. No, these are the rules and the regulations that are orchestrated and given to you that you might live the most abundant life that he has orchestrated for you to have. This is a boundaries that keeps you in the strike zone of life so that you are doing the right thing and getting the most out of this world and living as he would have you live will give you the most peace, the most blessings, the most satisfaction and creating you the person that he wants you to be that you could give him the most glory. That's what these rules in Genesis through Revelations are. But let me tell you, there's a lot of promises from Genesis to Revelations that aren't about the rules. They're about how much he loves you, about how when we walk in the ways that he would have us to, how we will benefit in the grace and the mercy that he will give us. See, God is love and his character is filled with love. In John 15, 13, he says, Greater love hath no man than this, and a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Rest assured that Jesus didn't die just to drop you. He wants to hold on to you. He wants you. In fact, no man can pluck you out of his hand, but you got to put yourself in the mighty hand of God and allow him to be your king of kings and Lord of lords. 
His love is so deep and so complete that you were on his mind when he was on the cross. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you have or haven't done, he hasn't forgotten you and he hasn't forsaken you. Jesus loves you. I want you to listen at a beautiful illustration we see in Luke chapter 12, verses 5 through 7, and just listen to how much God loves you. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. If God is keeping track of the fowls of the air, how much more is he keeping track of you who were created in his image? My friend, if you don't know Jesus as personal Savior, today is the day of salvation, and now is the accepted time. He is standing with open arms, nail-scarred by his act of love on the cross of Calvary that paid your sin debt. He's just asking you to believe in him. He's done all the work. He's just asking you to trust him, to place your life in his hands and under his care. My friend, if you do know him as Savior, I want you to think about the matchless compassion that he has given you. How nothing will separate you from his love. And how it will stand the test of time that his kindness shall not depart from you. and The covenant of his peace will never be removed. He has mercy on you. But I want to ask yourself this. Does your life reflect a love for Jesus that the world can see that your heart is devoted to him, that your life is devoted to him, that you've allowed the Holy Spirit within you to transform you into who he would have you be. His love is endless. His compassion is unmatched. His mercy is beyond understanding. And his grace is complete. And we see it demonstrated in full view, in his act of love and mercy on the cross of Calvary. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. My friend, it is my prayer and the prayer of those at Women at the Well Ministries that you know him personally, that you walk with him and that you talk with him and that you have given your life to Jesus. Please contact us through our website. If you have any questions, if you've given your life to Jesus and you want more information, don't hesitate to contact us. Let us know that we might be praying for you in a real and personal way. Remember, Jesus loves you. You are loved. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org 
and at facebook.com slash WATWM, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Woman of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. Greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved. Happy girl.